Welcome to the Pro-Life Team Podcast. I'm here with Allison, and we're going to talk about branding, brand names that are good, brand names that might need some help and love and care, and, and sort of talk about the story of how you can get to a brand that you're going to enjoy down the road. So, Allison, I am glad to have you here. Uh, thank you for joining me. Um, would you introduce yourself as if you were talking to a group of executive directors? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm Allison Guzman. I have been in the pregnancy center world and in the pro-life movement for about nine years. Um, I spent about seven years running pregnancy centers. Um, and then I've spent some time doing marketing for pregnancy centers. Awesome. And and doing that marketing work and do, with your experience, um, which which brands have you come across that you think were were good? And maybe we can talk about which ones maybe not or aren't so good. But tell me tell me your thoughts about brands and names of pregnancy clinics. What 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 comes to mind when we bring up that topic? Yeah, of course. So there's a lot more to marketing and branding than just the name, obviously. So it's not necessarily that the name is always going to fail you if you have this name, or it's going to be great if you have this other name. But I definitely, like along the way, have learned some pretty useful tips. I think um, I'm going to preface this with saying that the only truly like evidence-based thing I can say as far as research has shown is life shouldn't be in the name. Um, other than that, a lot of this is opinion and observation and just years of experience. So I do want to kind of make that clear. I'm not necessarily backing this with tons of research other than that one point. <laughs> yeah. But, but there's definitely preferences, I think. Um, to me, the biggest thing is professionalism. So a lot of pregnancy centers, tons of them have names like Hope Something or Something Grace. And those names sound really nice. And I think a lot of times they appeal to their donor base, but they don't sound professional. And not every pregnancy center has a medical model, but especially one that has a medical model, you you want to sound like a medical clinic. You know, if you're going to be a medical clinic, make your name reflect that. Mm, that's really good. Yeah, and going back to the to life. So there's a clinic in uh, La Habra. It's called La Habra Life Centers of Orange County. And and uh, I was I was speaking to Mecky, their director, and this is probably like ten or so years ago. And I was I essentially I told her that we need to change the name because the word life is like a is like a roadblock or a marketing landmine where it's going to mm -hmm. drive the abortion minded to think, oh, that's probably pro life, and I'm going to go try again on Google. And then one of my colleagues challenged me on that, and essentially he was pushing th the idea of like. Maybe instead of asking them to change the name, maybe we should like reframe the name. So we ended up trying to reframe it. I'm not sure if it was the best decision, but what mm -hmm. we ended up doing was we used the phrase, um, we essentially made their slogan larger than the logo and made the slogan say, it's your life, it's your choice, you have time, be informed. And with that, it's your, you know, it's your life. We're trying to make the word life reflect the woman's life more so yeah. than like being pro-life. But we had to make that framing bigger than the logo because if they just saw the logo by itself, someone could very easily think some percent of the time pro-life. Right. Um, but by reframing it, by having larger messaging, but then we actually had to have larger messaging than the logo, which is not yeah. always practical. And, and making it having to work really hard to try and re reduce the number of people who would think Oh, that word life in the logo means pro-life. And so right. if we didn't have the word life in their logo, we could have used that valuable time and that valuable space promoting services, promoting, you know, a call to action or our care. But instead, we're having to spend, you know, the very first moments trying to say, oh, we want to make sure this is, you know, we want to make sure you look at this in the Let right angle. Let's get the angle set. Yeah. yeah. But that's like. But that's the that's what the word life does. It makes us having we have to like spend all of our initial moments on that, and those initial moments are so precious. And yeah, so absolutely. Ha having the word life not in it, oh, huge help. <laughs> but yeah. with it with it in it, it's not like someone's hopeless with it. 
they can still right. work it, but you have to do more work. Like essentially yeah. you're just making it, you're making, you know, we have to we have to essentially climb those steps before we get to the, you know, where we normally would just get to right away. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's really an important point though, kind of what I was saying at the beginning. It doesn't doom you to have a name, but it definitely makes things a little bit harder if you're and if a pregnancy center's, you know, just starting out, absolutely avoid those names. I get yeah. that it's harder to change a name though. I do. I understand that. And I understand there's roadblocks well, and there's the yeah. community knows you as this. There's a lot of things that go along with that. And I get that um, from the standpoint well, yeah. of you, know, you want your donors to remember who you are, you know? <laughs> yeah. And speaking of the donors, so I, I'm a big fan of keeping the current, you know, name that may or may not be that great for clients. I'm, I'm a big fan of keeping it for donors and mm -hmm. then adopting an additional name that's specifically I built mean, like for DBA. clients. Yeah. When, or having a second brand for right. for client marketing and, and having it being different than the donor marketing brand. And while donors will be with someone for decades, a client hopefully will only be a client once and yeah, we're not looking for repeat clients. <laughs> but we'll take them. We'll take them. But, we but we will take them. But that's not the object. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, that's, right. Absolutely. It shows room for improvement at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That's true. But yeah. <laughs> so some of the names that I have found that have been really good, like, let me back up. So if someone came to you and said, hey, I got, I thought of this name, Xerox, I think it's going to be great. I, I, am I the only one that would think, oh, that's terrible? Like, how are you going to spell it? I mean, how are you going to say it in the radio? <laughs> like, no one's going to get it. That's a terrible name. And right. same thing with yeah. like uh, Chevron. I don't know. Maybe that would have been okay. But there, there's so many brands that have like, they're a made up word. Honestly, on day one, I probably would have been like, ah, I think we got to try again. It's got too many syllables. It's got some weird letters. It's really weird to say. People are going to mispronounce it. But in reality, like Xerox and, you know, it, it just comes like we all know what it is. Or Kleenex. Right. Kleenex is a weird word. I mean, it's got an <laughs> X at the end and it starts off with a KL. I mean, I mean, that's just, it just doesn't come off as something I would have picked. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I think it worked general, really, really well. Yeah. In general, I feel like simple is better. You know, I want people to be able to look at it and yeah. know how to spell it. That's how I felt when I named my children too. I'm like, Ooh, I want them to be able to <laughs> look at it and know, know what it says, know how to pronounce yeah. it. And so, you know, there's a lot of big yeah. brands that don't follow that. And I think that, you know, that's fine. But when we're talking about the kind of budgets that pregnancy centers have, usually that's yeah. not going to be ideal. Yeah. Typically. And there's a lot of, for all the, for the success stories with weird names, I'm sure we could find a lot of names that no one knows if we right. were to go look. And um, some of my favorite pregnancy clinic names are very short. Like I really like um, Spiro, S-P-E-R-O, mm -hmm. which is Latin for the word hope. It looks like, it feels like spearmint gum to me for some reason, or like a bird sparrow, but it just comes off as just so pleasant and inviting yeah. and organic. And I just love the way that feels. Um, another one I really like is Eve, E-V-E, -E, which is uh, Latin for life. And then also like the sister word is Eva. Another, there's a couple of clinics that just recently came out with yeah. Eve and Eva. And then Eva is just E-V-A, also means life, just a different spelling. And I think those are brilliant because they're so short and they're so beautiful mm -hmm. and they're easy to and they're easy to enjoy, not alone say and pronounce and spell, but yeah. like I really like, I just feel good when I think of those names. Like they just come off as so, and I feel like they can work really well for medical. I feel like mm -hmm. they can work really well for memorability, you know, for being memorable. Right. Um, yeah, and, and, and the shorter the shorter it is, the bigger you can make it when you need to, which is really yes. handy for design. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Three characters is amazing. Yeah, E-V-E. -E. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, so tell me, what are some of the what are some of your favorite names that you've come across? So I think my all-time favorite name, and I don't even know a ton about the center, but um, Stanton, Stanton Medical Clinic. I love it. It sounds 
so professional. It, it sounds does. like a medical clinic. I'm like, that's awesome. And it was after Elizabeth Cady Stanton. So I think it's fantastic. That's probably that one like, sounds yeah, it sounds like Stanford. It feels like it's right. You like it's, Stanton. It felt like, oh, I just stepped into a college class or a, right. a or a college level, you know, like it's gonna be professional. Like it sounds very professional. Right. Yeah, I love that. So I think that's probably my favorite one. Um, I I know there's a lot of centers with like options in the name, like options for women, options pregnancy center. I like those, but I think, I think they might, the tide might be turning on those. I think that it's Uh, a lot of people know what you mean now, if that makes sense. I think the problem with the word options is that there are, they have a low ceiling because there's so many clinics that have the word option in their name that if you wanted to, it's really hard to know which one someone's thinking about, or it's sometimes if you know about a few, it becomes really hard to think about one of them because there's like one, if you change one letter, we just got 10 more clinics. If you change one word, we just found a hundred more clinics with that same name. There's just so many clinics with a similar name. However, on the flip side, where that can work is is if you're in a single county and there's no one, no other clinic in that county with the name Options Care Center, Options Pregnancy Clinic, Options something, or Real Options even, uh, if there's no one else in that space, then you're not competing for someone's mind space on, you know, for uh, for that name. But when you look, when I look, when I look at it at the national level, which most people don't. It makes me very, you know, I, I, there's hundreds of names with that word options in it or pregnancy care. Uh, pregnancy is in like half of all the names, like probably half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so many names. Um, yeah. Uh, one of the names I also like that recently came out of uh, Austin, Texas is Trotter House. And Trotter was named after a person as well. And, and that one is interesting because before they were Austin pregnancy clinic or Austin pregnancy center yeah. and they weren't allowed on campus because of, you know, they were just told they weren't allowed on campus, but after they changed their name, they were invited onto the college campus. And it was like a light switch kind of switch, you know, night and day when it came to that. So the name was huge when it comes to reaching, you know, when it comes to reaching an invitation to the local college campus oh, yeah. that and essentially taking out pregnancy center, was the main switch for that name piece because Trotter House essentially just simply is sort of like Xerox. It didn't mean anything. It was completely unmarked by previous agendas or previous stories. It was a brand new name with a fresh beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy um, how quickly you become in your community's mind, you know, exactly what you are. And if that starts out bad, it's really hard to change that. It's really hard yeah. to go back and change that. Yeah, that's true. It's it's like three times harder to build trust than it is to get trust initially. And getting the trust initially yeah. is much easier than it is to try and like turn turn something around. Yeah. yeah. But what you were talking about, about getting into the schools, I think that's a really important thing for centers to be thinking about is like making sure their name is neutral enough sounding that they can get into secular events. Um, That's another thing, religious sounding names. That's another of my pet peeves. When it sounds like overly religious, you're not doing yourself any favors, you know? Yeah. And my, my pet peeve, I guess, would be whenever there's like a hidden message in it that is, that, that if it's Latin, I'm not, I'm not opposed to Latin. I'm okay with Latin. But I'm opposed to like it being like, you know, we have a picture of a baby, you know, a mom, a pregnant mom in the logo, but you may not see it, but our donors will see it. And so, but I think the women that are, you know, you know, the young woman who is 17 or the young woman who is 21 is probably a little bit more savvy than our, when it comes to picking up subtle imagery adjustments than our 60 plus donor audience. And so I, I don't think that's a fair 
you know, expectation to have is that, yeah. oh, we can have this like hidden message or Easter egg in the logo or messaging that sort of like says, but yes, we are pro-life. <laughs> right. I think it needs, we need to essentially have one brand that speaks directly to the abortion vulnerable women that says we're here to care for you and help you with medical, you know, at, at a medical professional level. And then, and then after building trust and rapport, bring in Jesus, bring in bring in the direction after, but we have to have trust yeah. before we, we start leveraging uh, direction. I mean, if you have no trust, you give someone direction, they're just, they're just not going to listen. It doesn't even matter. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't even matter. matter. What you just said. Yeah. <laughs> but if you trust somebody and they provide direction, then that's when you, yeah, that's when you listen. Like that's what we all, that's what we all do. It makes, it's part of right. how trust is, the trust is a, a, like a prerequisite before you give someone direction. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think my biggest pet peeve in pregnancy center naming and all of that is just like the overall thing that we have to do it, right? Because <laughs> I feel like it would be so wonderful. I know I live in a fairy tale. If we just had one name, if we were just the same, you know, I think that's one of the biggest advantages the pro-choice movement has is you know, yes, there are other abortion clinics, but come on, Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood's yeah. what everybody I thinks think of. Planned Parenthood does like 40%, and the next the next player is like at, I want to say under seven, but I don't know the next. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a huge, obviously a huge drop, but yeah, they're practically doing half of all the abortions, it sounds like. Yeah. No, I think that one came from Jarrell with Heartbeat. I think that's where I pulled that number from. And yeah. I probably I probably broke the number, so <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. It's a huge percentage. That's what it's we know. Huge, obviously we know it's a huge percentage, but sometimes we think it's probably like 90 or 80, and it's not quite I, there. It's more closer to like 50-ish or slightly below 50. Right. But the that's brand still is on point because we think it's 90. And but you know? and the next person, you know, the person after them is is like minute. So there's not like a second player, it's more like all the players like, sort of fall into that segmented yeah yeah just a large number of players um one of the arguments that i've heard is that as a pregnancy clinic movement we have so we have three thousand names or ish two thousand plus names um and so it's really hard to throw you know for someone to target one of us because we have so many names like it's it's almost like we're ambiguous but then again also, the da the flip side of that, or the negative of that, is that we're ambiguous and it's hard to think of us right. because I can think of this. I can think of some names, but when it comes to the ones that you know, crisis pregnancy clinic, uh, you know, the different names that start with CPC, uh, the different names that use the word yeah, care options, pregnancy, women's. There's just so many. Like there are yeah. not just dozens. It's probably more like. 50 plus, uh, you know, in all these different categories. Um, and, and it, but again, in the community, they can still be known in their community, but it's just when they want to branch out and go from being like a four location clinic to being the five state clinic, that's when they're going to start to hit these, oh, our brand doesn't work so well scenarios. And yeah. they're going to have, they're going to be competing with people that have the same name, essentially. And that's sort of a hard place to be. But if you have a name that's like, like Obria, like that's a unique name. No one else has got, there's no Obrio. It's just Obria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's a, and so actually Obrio would be a fun masculine version, but it, they wouldn't do that. They have a be beautiful marketing campaign. And, uh, but yeah, so in Obria, they've got 26 locations and, and they're trying to do that franchise model a little bit different than the average clinic or very different. Yeah, uh, going after Title Ten funding and having insurance involved, but um, but yeah, but Abria doing like the you know that that style. There's like birth birthright, birthright out of Canada, which is obviously like an ancient name when it came to the word birth in the name, and it sounds like yeah. not just pre you know it's like birthright. <laughs> it's like, it's like very pro life, very prenatal sounding. Like I don't know, can't really get much more prenatal birth sounding and but that one's got like 200 locations that through their franchise membership model or, or something it's huge they do but it's from what i understand it's decreasing so it, it's not increasing it's, it's the fact that they been, have been yeah, around so long they've been around for a long time and people are yeah they're 
looking for then they're they're experiencing the pain of an older name that doesn't okay. re relate to people today. And if, however, so for, I, for the audience, life women, just the abortion gain with a name has a marketing put off built into it. I, I'm sorry, you kind of cut out there for a second. What were you saying? Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just saying that um, birthright it works well for women who have who are mi life minded, but when it comes to women who are abortion minded, it it falls short of helping that group because they're more likely to try again on Google if they find a birthright. Right. I think because it, because the name has a natural put off thing we're prenatal, and if someone's shopping to not be pregnant, they're not gonna they're not gonna go into a place that sounds prenatal. Right. So I think I think the major question that centers have to ask themselves is like, do we want to be a resource center and help women, which is a good thing. I'm not saying it's not. Yeah. Or do we want to reach abortion minded women? And those are two very different campaigns, you know, and so birthrights, they do good work. I'm not saying they don't, but they're not reaching the abortion minded, really. I mean, unless it's happenstance, they're not marketing to the abortion minded no. so much. Yeah, I I came I from a birthright. Right. <clears throat> so I think they might. So oh, you came from one. So my impression is that they do get abortion-minded women. I just feel like they are getting a lot less than what they would get if yes. they had a name that didn't have the built-in put on. Yeah, yeah. It's not like they don't get any, but they're not marketing to them. That's not yes. like they're not doing a good job um, marketing to them. Which is why a lot of birthrights have become something else. Um, Whenever I worked for a birthright, actually, it was, I'm trying to think, when I started, it was like 2013, okay. I think, 2012, and so not that long ago, <laughs> and they had the, like, the cutout of the B was like a phone. Yes, like, oh yes, like the a old phone with a cord. School. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. Guys, wired cord, yeah. And they have changed that. They've updated that, I will say. But, you know, it's just... It's I wrote some emails to Birthright back around 2012. Goes. Yeah, I wrote some emails to them about, you know, how that phone is like, people aren't going to know what that is. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. But yeah. Uh, so, so you, so what was your role at the birthright when you worked there? Were you working on their marketing, or were you working as a clinic director? No. So, yeah, I started as a program director, and okay. then I was the executive director for a while. So, um, it was a pretty small clinic, and honestly, the the name was hurting it. I mean, it's yeah, just, they have since closed. Um, it just wasn't. I don't know. It wasn't really easy to reach people with that name to reach the and we did a ton of helping the community and helping underprivileged moms and you know giving out diapers and things like that which is great again i don't have any problem with that i'm not trying to say it's less than oh but, yeah, yeah but if that and if that's your goal that's wonderful but if your goal is to reach abortion-minded women you have to rethink your marketing yeah i i think some people find themselves working within that birthright kind of name structure. And mm -hmm. they, they have a desire to reach the abortion-minded women, but then what's sort of holding them from making that change is that they would have to like disconnect from their umbrella group and who is providing like this backstory and like, and we've had yeah. all, this, all this good history and we don't want to dishonor all, all that experience. And so it creates like this, it, it creates a little bit of a hard place to be when it comes to wanting to reach the abortion-minded better but yet also wanting to honor our roots. And, yeah. and I feel like a lot of clinics who have less known names are in that same exact boat. When it comes to having a name that's been around for 30 years, and and, and here we are, we find ourselves in, in this position today where it's not working well for the abortion-minded, it's working brilliantly for donors, and we, have, we don't want to dishonor all of the work and the team who has been putting in decades of volunteer prayer. But, and right. so I, I would just, I guess what I would say is sometimes just simply speaking, um, making yourself vulnerable by sharing the truth of what's going on is probably the best way to try and just like 
figure it out. Or if you reach out to someone who is gifted in marketing and ask them for insight and to simply right. lay it out in a helpful way, um, our goal is not to step on people's toes, but sometimes we, we, we sort of need to share things in a way that says we really want to honor what you did. But at the same time, we also want to be positioned to be relevant for the next 20 plus years. And right, so, absolutely. and logos and brands are like the long game. You know, having a good brand that's today will be an impact on the work being done in 20 years. It's just a, or, or you know, it was it could be a positive impact, a negative impact, but it will yeah. it will continue to impact because it's like the cornerstone piece that connects all these other elements and services that are provided. Um, and so one of my favorite stories when thinking about brands and telling this to clients and clinics and working with people is uh, I, I tried to find the whole like a similar story in the secular world when it comes to like we have one part of us is serving the life-minded, I mean, one part of us is serving the abortion-minded client. And then we also have donors who are opposed to abortion. So we are on the, you know, on the spectrum of life, meaning like pro-life or pro-abortion. We have people on different parts of that timeline. And so when looking for like an example of this in like somewhere outside of the pro-life world to try and get insight on what someone else did, I came across quick roads. So out of curiosity, I'm not sure I don't share this with you before, but do you happen to know who owns Quicker Oats? Mm-mm. Maybe. So, so Quicker Oats is owned by PepsiCo. And so Pepsi owns Quicker Oats. But the reason why you don't know that is because they never market them together because it doesn't make sense to have Pepsi, right. which is delicious and sugary and bad for you, but yet still delicious. And then Quicker Oats. If it doesn't have the sugar in it, it's actually heart healthy. Like that's that's a genuine statement, and and so at least I think it is. Um, but on the spectrum of health, we have one that's healthy, one that's not healthy. But they're both great in some ways. Yeah. And and so um, what I find interesting, and then oh yeah, Pepsi also owns Taco Bell. They own Lace Potato Chips. They own Gatorade. And See, and I knew all that. <laughs> yeah, because those are all, all inside all the Taco Bell. Thing. Like they have they have the Dorito flavored you know, uh, taco and they have the different Mountain Dew flavors and that's because they're all under, all under the same ownership. Um, and, but Quaker Rose is never in Taco Bell <laughs> because it, it's obviously a different genre. I feel right. like, you know, they have like an unhealthy vehicle going one direction and they have a different healthy vehicle, you know, servicing a different population of people on a different part of town going a different direction. And what I have learned from that is that I think it's okay for pricey clinics to consider the idea of having the multi-brand or, you know, multi-brand strategy, meaning more than one brand and having one brand for life-minded work and one brand for abortion-minded friendly work. It's not that those clients are, it's not that they are pro-abortion. It's more like they're okay using it based on their scenario and what they've been told and what they think that they can do based on the fact that, I feel like they have no option more so than they have options. And, um, but anyways, all that to say is having one more than one brand is something that other companies do. They have a brand per audience and they well sometimes have multiple brands based on the different things they do. Um, but yeah, changing brands is such a big undertaking. I think it's really good to plant seeds and then let them, you know, it might take five years before that new brand's ready, and that's fine. That's yeah. good. Uh, if, if it takes two years, five years, maybe even six or seven. But the idea is that pretty clinics are so needed, even in forty plus years. You know, yeah. even if, with Roe versus Wade being overturned, obviously the need to help women in unplanned pregnancies is not going away. It's just changing. It's just changing yeah, the state you're in. And so there's there's no end based on Roe versus Wade being overturned. It's more of we have to adjust our strategy to reach women based on how they're looking and where they are. But I don't think unplanned pregnancies are ever, you know, I don't think they'll, I think they will always exist. Exactly. They will always exist as far as, as long as we have humans. (laughs) We'll have unplanned pregnancies that need help and care. I I live in Missouri, so... um... It, a lot of people think there's no abortions happening in Missouri. That's not quite accurate. But yeah. 
Because it's like the St. Louis border. It's all you're you're like yeah. There's states all around you with abortion clinics even just right. across the state lines. Well, there's there's ones in Missouri as well. I mean, a lot of hospitals. Oh, isn't, there, isn't it just one? There's not oh. freestanding ones, but a lot of hospitals perform abortions. Most people don't even realize that, you know. So there's abortions happening in Missouri, but it's probably the best example still of, you know, what it could look like after if Roe versus it gets overturned, you know, we, if it does go to state rights, probably Missouri will become an abortion-free state. Does that mean that they're going to stop? Absolutely not. The clinic right across the river from St. Louis that is in Illinois is huge. And it's yeah. so many Missouri women are going there now. And so I think that's one of the things that, you know, we need to be thinking about and actually a pet peeve of mine because a lot of people say like Missouri doesn't have abortions anymore I'm like well Missouri women are still getting abortions we're, there's still a fight to fight you know yeah I and was I at the um, the Alliance for Life Missouri and one of the one of the gentlemen was one of the speakers was talking about how they've been measuring the numbers of abortions happening and really they've seen they've seen a shift so, like, the number of abortions across the state line has gone up, while the number of abortions maybe reported in Missouri has gone down. But the total number of abortions almost, it seems like it just matches the trend line more so than it being yeah. a drastic shift. Um, yeah, exactly. And if Roe versus Wade gets overturned, Illinois is not going to stop having abortions. They're not, you know. So I think we kind of live here in this, in this world that's, almost the same as it will be if that happens where you know people are just going right over the state lines and um they also make it really really easy for them so if you go to the planned parenthood in st louis they make it really easy and if needed they will provide transportation over to the one across yeah the i've been seeing that so. that messaging showing up the yeah transportation so like if someone needs a flight or or a, or a, a carpool yeah, that's essentially sort of trying to, yeah, including that and in part of their service of reaching their audience. And essentially, they're just there. So it sounds like the Illinois group has expanded their reach when it comes to marketing in order to include Missouri, because now they're they're showing that as a need probably on their side. But yeah. then, you know, quote, they're they're servicing that area as like their their scope of right. area. Right. It's yeah, an interesting, interesting dynamic. Yeah. Um, so what, yeah, going back to the idea of what if we all had the same name? I wonder what the, so on one side, people would know our name. Um, on the other side, uh, Planned Parenthood might shift their mud throwing from crisis pregnancy clinics or whatever they happen to be calling us now. Uh, probably still that. Um, to maybe that new, you know, unified name. So we would become more of like a unified target, but yet we'd also have more of like, would be more of like a household like you could get help at that name and so that would become more of like that we would have more uh, awareness amongst the the nation if we had a unified name and it would come with a tax yeah. but it would have also great greater awareness and awareness has been like our our achilles heel in some it's way a like that's it is it's definitely a struggle. awareness is that's the hurt that's the part we always seem to fall short like across yeah. the nation yeah, I don't think I, I, don't, I can't think. Yeah, you know, everyone's got an awareness issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the main thing there, there's definitely positive and negative to it. I understand, like in some ways, we don't necessarily want everybody to know exactly who we are and what we do, right? In the sense that we want to reach a woman who may not come there if they know it's a pregnant or a pro-life center. We want to be able to reach those women. So having one name definitely can make you become okay that that's the pro-life place i get that however if you think of the marketing dollars that are being wasted that if everybody was under a unified name unified branding we would have so much more funding to put into um things and one of those things to me is having really good medical models so i think if you have a really good medical model it's a little harder for, you know, Planned Parenthood or NARAL or whoever else to sling mud. You know, if we are providing the medical services 
And a lot of centers are, and a lot that aren't are moving towards that. But if we can provide really good medical centers where they can't say fake clinic, um, then I think we can combat a lot of that. Yeah, they seem to say it regardless of what's going on in a clinic, though. Like, I feel like they just throw it as like their default statement, regardless of the medical services being provided. I mean, regardless of the fact that the, you know, if an organization's under the under the supervision and direction of a medical director and who's licensed, you know, spent a lot of time in school, has all the credentials, but yet they mm-hmm. still throw that. Like they don't I, don't, I don't see them holding back at certain clinics. You know, they seem to just throw it on anyone who will be promoting life as the best option. Right. No, and I I know what you're saying, especially from the standpoint of places that have a medical director and maybe have an ultrasound. But I'm talking about like Uh-oh. full medical services, and there there comes a point oh. where hmm. what they're saying, people are like, that doesn't make any sense because you have full medical services. I'm talking about places like Pro Women's Health Centers. Are you familiar oh, okay. with those? So, no. So so oh. tell me more about that. So is that a is that a pro life or is that a neutral group or pro so they, group? They are pro life. The the Pro Women's Health Centers is um it's basically a certification i don't i don't know exactly the word they would use but basically um there there isn't a center called pro women's health center right there's different centers that meet these standards uh, oh, okay. that become a pro women's health center but they have a different name it's it's you are considered a pro women's health center because you meet these standards and because you have these services okay and so and i think it's one thing that they really did probably to get around the fact that um, we are operating under different names, but to still be able to say like, we want to partner together and basically hold each other to a higher standard. And there's not a ton of them. Um, I think there's like eight or nine, um, I could be wrong. There's not a ton of them throughout the States, but these places have prenatal care. I mean, these places have full medical centers, you know, not just ultrasound or just STI testing, which most centers, if they have medical, it's ultrasound, maybe STI testing. But these centers are doing, you know, like I said, prenatal care and everything. And so if we have those kind of services and we become places that you can accept insurance and things like that, then it's a little harder to sling mud, but that means you have to have lots of pro-life OBGYNs and you have to have lots of funding. And it's one of the places that I see, you know, if we could cut down that marketing budget because we don't have to market 50,000 names, maybe we could put it toward more services. I think most centers want that. The centers that I talk to, they're they're not stagnant they're not wanting to stay stagnant. They might be somewhat stagnant because of funding, but nobody's like, oh yeah, we're totally satisfied with exactly the services we do. Even the ones that do a ton, they're like, we want to do more and we're excited about this. I mean, the pregnancy center directors I know are, they want to help people. They want to be there. Um, And funding's a challenge, it is. Yeah, and, and, and providing greater services gives us the ability to build more rapport, trust along someone's life journey. Um, I was I was talking with a clinic uh, who essentially works working you know, a couple of clinics who are working on this new idea of providing rape kits for helping women who have gone through a rape scenario, providing them medical services after that experience. And what was what that resulted in was the police department sending referrals for women to get care at that pregnancy clinic instead of sending them to the medic the ER because the the pregnancy clinic was built to give more compassionate care. Whereas the ER may have been more sterile or, you know, may have been lacking in the compassionate side of things. And nice. and then another thing that, that same, those same clinics were doing was, um, was I, I, going through a certification process to understand how to identify if someone's being sex trafficked in order to then send referrals to the police when they see a sex trafficking scenario taking place um, where the women showing up in that kind of scenario. But yeah, I would. So certain services have direct impact on how to reach our current primary audience, and and there's a lot of services that we could do. I mean, the yeah, the rape kit and the identifying sex trafficking are just two examples of like 
like they're completely in line with serving our audience and helping them have healthier, right. better lives uh, and helping reach women in these hard scenarios with our current, you know, heart. And it's such a great step in the right direction, you know, for centers who would love to become full medical, but don't have a million dollars to throw around, you know, because it is, it's very expensive to provide prenatal care. That's yeah. extremely expensive. But if you can provide some real services, real medical services, other than just ultrasound, and I'm not discounting ultrasound. I love ultrasound. Oh, yeah. Extremely important. But when we focus on just that, we're missing a lot, you know? Yeah, it, it's a, it's an important part. But there's, yeah, there's other parts that are complementary. and right. And building that relation, you know, building up that trust essentially means building up relationships with clients in a way that we can well, hopefully be known when they need to think of somebody or when they need to refer somebody, they'll think of us um, and we're sort of breaking that awareness barrier. Um, yeah. So, so Allison, when, when you think, if you imagine a clinic director and her board, maybe her and her husband brainstorming and maybe yeah, people at her church brainstorming a name, what would that look like for you? How would you start your brainstorming session I'm trying to think of a name for for a new clinic. I think I would start with building the parameters of what we don't want. You know, okay, you know, everybody's in the room. Okay, hey, we need to talk about, let's, we're going to all throw out ideas, but we want to make sure they don't sound religious. We want to make sure that life's not in the name. We want to make sure that it's not hard to pronounce, you know, those kind of things. And just starting with those parameters um, and, just being in that mindset, I think people are creative. People can come up with lots of amazing things. I'm I'm so impressed all the time whenever I see what these centers are doing. But if you don't have those parameters in mind to begin with, you're going to come up with things that really appeal to donors. Yeah, and I would say, I think that's, that's, that sounds really good. I would agree with that. And then I would say making a list, making a long list of, uh, mm -hmm. of ideas and then, and then start crossing off. Oh, that one actually does sound religious, or that one. Oh, that sounds like it could be more pro-life than these others. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that doesn't meet our our objective. Uh, and then this one. Oh, it's hard. It's a little bit too hard to spell. This one's too long. Too many characters. Um, but if you come up with a list of like, you know, if you work on making a long list, you do need to remove all but one. And so it's it's okay <laughs> to start taking them out one at a time. Like, oh. Someone else already has that name or, you know, that one sounds really similar to this group's name. And so there's, yeah. it's good to start taking those out and, and, and just thinking, you know, someone's going to answer the phone, you know, that name, you know, what, thank you for calling da, 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 name. And so it's good to think about how that's going to sound because someone's going to put, someone's going to be saying it so many times. It'd be nice to honor that, that volunteer and staff by giving them a name that sounds enjoyable. <laughs> yes. And simple, <laughs> not overly complicated. Spiro, Eve, Eva. Yeah. yeah. There's a group called uh, Collage Center. And I think that that's a brilliant name. Uh, Thrive. I think that name is I so full Thrive. of energy. I love it. Yeah. Simple, uh, Obria, it sounds. Yeah, I think it sounds like Ob Doctor, and then it's got that feminine, Hispanic yeah. feminine Ria to it. That's nice, Obria. Um, Trotter House. Uh, I love. You know, someone's last name. That's a. You know, that was the the Canton, yeah. right? Yeah. That's Stanton. A, that's yeah. A, oh, Stanton. I love that one. Yeah. <laughs> because there's only one Stanton. I don't. There's yeah. and there's there's only one Trotter House. Like because if you pick someone's name, you're essentially creating something that's. You know, you're 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 really unique. As long um, as their name's not Jones, right? Exactly. Yeah. Make sure. <laughs> yeah. Pick. But it's also a way to honor one of the founders or one of right. the inspirational people who may or may not still be with us. Uh, but you know, honoring that person with using their name is a really good idea. Um, one of the the clinics in Los Angeles, I mean Orange County, uh, Life Centers of uh, Orange County. Their their donor facing name is Mecky Team, and Mecky is the name of the person who started the clinic. That's her first name. So Mecky Team is like their donor facing uh, name, and it, that one came off really well. Uh, and yeah, what, I, actually, one of the 
one of the very first clinics ever opened was uh, Pearson Place in Hawaii, and that one's based on the name Pearson. Um, and that one's got that one still actually sounds really good for being one of the first names. It's got some long, good longevity. That was they got lucky or fortunate or they were blessed to have such a good name for yeah because yeah. most names don't last forty years. They don't come off as sounding good still in forty years as they did on day one. But Pearson Place sounds really good. I still I think that one's a solid name. But yeah. So what were you guys say? Sorry, I was looking at the Pro Women's Health Center, so it looks like there's like 12 oh. of them now. That's good. Okay. Okay. They're, they're growing. But one of them that I really like the name of is Tepiak. So they're Tepiak. In, oh, in I, the we worked area. with Tepiak. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic name. And I know I said simple. I guess it's not simple, simple, but it's not hard. It's not super well, hard. It, it's and easier it's than Xerox. It's easier than right. Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> and it's unique, you know. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of names that, that are that simple. You only think of one yeah, thing. Te Tepiak. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah. I also think, you know, when centers have two different names, I personally like that when they have a donor-facing name and they have a client-facing name. But I understand that not everybody wa wants to do that. So one of the things that I love is whenever people just play off of a different language, you know, um, just... I think you were talking about Eve and Eva and, you know, all of those that you can play off of a, another language and still kind of pull in that life affirming name without, yeah, without being so we, super. Yeah, but someone hears the name Eve, they might think of, uh, you know, the Disney character, or they might think of Eve from the Bible, um, right. which is a woman. They might think of a woman. And, right, uh, exactly. Yeah. Actually, I think that might have, did I get that wrong? I wonder if Eve actually means woman and not life. Because vitae, vitae is life in Latin. Yeah. I wonder if I made a mistake there. Let's see. What's Eve, Latin, to English? Let me go look that up. <laughs> Eve, oh yeah, it is life. Okay, it's life. But it very easily could be woman because of Eve and right. Genesis. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if people translated it as woman as well. I, that would be very reasonable. Right, absolutely. And actually, that, that sort of makes that name even more brilliant, that it could be life or woman or yeah. a, a really fun Disney character. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and actually, think... speaking of that, if you think about Planned Parenthood and their, their name for their app, which is Roo, you know, the cute kangaroo from Winnie the Pooh, and they named it Roo, uh, it just makes like that's that was a good name, and it it makes me sad that they had such a good such a good name for their app. Yeah, they have some brilliant marketing. They do. That's they have some brilliant marketing people working really hard. Yeah, I mean they have but to. <laughs> they they do. They have to work hard. They have and they're yeah they're spending they're spending all that money they're making, working on things to make more. Yeah. But yeah. It's pretty wild, but I think I think the biggest thing is pregnancy centers need to know that they have to be thinking about these things. You know, they that it's not just what sounds good to you because you as the director, as a board member, you're the donor audience. You know, yes. if it sounds good to you, it might not be it might not be that good, you know. And yeah. asking neutral parties, I think that's another thing, just like informal surveys, super helpful. I'm not saying survey your donor base and ask them what name you should get. Don't do that. <laughs> but just informal surveys, especially, you know, if you have a teenage daughter and ask her friends, you know, things like that. Ask some young people and just get lots of ideas. And I like your idea of just making a huge exhausted list and then just mark off what's not going to work. Yeah. And, and I think I like your idea of like, you know, if you go to a college campus and you don't mark yourself as like, you, you go there with a generic survey in order to ask, you know, they, they have no option but to give you good feedback because they're not trying mm -hmm. to tell you what you want to hear. You know, they're essentially, if you just, if you set yourself up to get neutral, unbiased feedback, from from the audience you're trying to serve, right? That that's a really that's 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 smart. 
I think I think something a mistake a lot of centers do whenever they're rebranding is they go right to their donors and they go to they're like oh they're a big donor so maybe they'll have input and that's great and all but our donors don't know our business for the most part they they know the goal they know the mission but they don't understand the day-to-day a lot of times yeah and not all of them certainly there's more that there's some that are well, more we, aware than yeah. others yeah and we can always share that day-to-day with them but it takes time so it does a, exactly this is not general you know this is not we, we're marketing in a we're in a, we're in a battlefield and mm-hmm. we're trying to get help from one group and we're trying to help this other group who is you know almost like as if they're in a burning building and we're trying to send in the troops the firefighters to try and help pull them out of this terrible experience and with all these negative plant parented marketing messages trying to set them up for destruction essentially trying yeah. to help rescue them from this you're and saying that just made me i now i just want to write a book called marketing in a battlefield <laughs> you want to write it with me jacob I, I i would say yes but i'm already like three times overbooked <laughs> yeah, <me too. laughs> I'm actually in the middle of another book project called content marketing and uh, we're like we're halfway through it uh and so i probably need to honor my current writing friend before i yeah. start a new one <laughs> so my, colleague, my friend bill and i are working on that one and uh it's been about 10 months before i've written anything and i need to get I, it's on my to-do list <laughs> it's i hear you um, i understand that so one more thing just to try and bring this back to like how to do it I think besides making that long list, besides getting feedback from the community, another element that I think, you know, should probably be at the very beginning and then in the middle and the end would be prayer, you know, going to God and asking for inspiration, asking God for direction, and then trying to listen for his voice. And then um, looking, listening for, you know, looking for opportunities for him to speak through, through the Bible, through prayer life. And then, and then when you get down to those, those final four, those final four names, just praying over them and asking God, which of these names is the name you want us to use? Or t- please tell us the name you want us to use. And then being patient and keep praying and waiting. Because yeah. it's, uh, at, my, at my church on Sunday, we were going over Philippians 4, 4 through 7. It talks about having joy, being gentle, giving all of our requests to God. And then it talks about having finding the peace of God so that you can avoid problems. And it sort of sounded like to me, like having the peace of God means you sort of know where God wants you to go after you've prayed so that you have confidence and where to go and you can relax and have peace and drop off all, you know, let the anxiety just fall off. And, and so I would say if you pray about a name and you feel like God said, that's the one, you don't have to keep looking. You can now have confidence and go with that name and hold on to it. Uh, and if by chance you have uncertainty, you should probably ask your team members to pray about it too, because God's yeah. going to say, that, you know, God's consistent. And if if you end up if you end up hearing something different, you probably need to ask that voice. Uh, you know, was Jesus God? Is did Jesus come in the flesh? Did Jesus die on the cross? And if that voice says, yeah, essentially that's the way of trying to test the spirit. But, but you know, another way of testing the spirit is also to make sure that you have, you know, everyone on your team is praying and trying to test the spirit. But anyways, all that to say is I think prayer is a way to find that confidence in like, this is the name that we're going to use for a season, for our, for 10 years, for some period of time. But then, then again, that name might change and prayer life needs to be part of that journey because it, you know, If we're trying to reach a group that's changing, you know, a group that didn't use Twitter 10 years ago or, you know, didn't use Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat TikTok, and Snapchat. TikTok and Tinder and all of these dating apps and social media and, you know, uh, you know, and essentially living online and we're, you know, this wasn't a, even a thing 30 years ago when all these clinics started, you know, 28, 35 years ago when clinics started. You know, we, we were we, people were different. People's reaction to ideas was different, and right. and so and having a good prayer life means you can you know hear God's direction on where you need to go to reach the people we're trying to serve. Absolutely. So yeah, prayer, 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 prayer. <laughs> Lots of prayer from the whole team. But yeah, I think I think blessed. You know, asking for God's blessing and prayer of our name would 
would be really, yeah, the beginning, middle, and end kind of steps uh, while doing all the work in between. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You still got to do the work. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, so I've really enjoyed this podcast. Would you mind? Would you mind wrapping us up in prayer and sort of praying for those clinics who who might have one of those um, one of those names that might need to be redone or rebranded yeah. or refreshed and just sort of helping encourage them to seek God's voice on it, perhaps? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I just I pray that you bless us in this movement. I pray that you bless the pro-life movement as a whole and especially these clinic directors and volunteers and everybody who's just on the front lines in the day-to-day -day helping women and trying to reach women. I just pray for your direction in everything that we do. Um, I pray that you will just break in where, where it's needed and stir hearts where it's needed. Um, and I know there's so many challenges when different people have different opinions and all of that but we also know that you are God and you are mightier than that so I pray that it doesn't become an issue of strife between people where it, when people have different opinions on what should be done and instead um, they can come together and bring you into it and find good solutions and I just I pray for Again, all of the center directors, um, just bless them and all of the women that we're reaching. Amen. Amen. putting this together probably tonight and i'll send you a link and awesome. i'll yeah hopefully this will there's a lot of clinics that need to hear this so i think this is going to be really helpful to them wow. <laughs> because they need to be encouraged that it's okay they're not they're, they're in like they're all in the same all of them in the same boat they, mm -hmm. they think they don't they don't know they're in the same boat but sometimes you know they don't realize that everyone else has also got a bad name <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah and i think i think the biggest thing is like i want people to realize we're not insulting you, you know? no no if I was in that room 34 years ago, I would have made the same decision they did. I would have been yeah. like, let's do yeah. crisis pricing clinic. That's the name to go with. Well, and so many of them <laughs> were brilliant for the time, you know? Yes. For yes. that time. But times change. It's not exactly. that it's always a bad name. It's just things change. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and honestly, when I have my first website that I have ever built for the crisis pricing clinics of Tucson, yeah, I made all the mistakes you could possibly ever make as a brand new person on the learning curve. Like, uh, it was, I've got, I've got no judgment. <laughs> yeah, I, I know exactly how people make bad mistakes and bad decisions when they're starting off at ground zero. Like, I, I just feel blessed that we got so many experts in the field now that can help right. people fast track their, you know, skipping all the bad decisions and bad choices. And so there, we're we're in a different space. We have we have mature team members in the pro-life world who you can leverage their expertise and creativity right. and as a group we're we are so much better and we've been yeah we're, we're you know, helping each other along that journey it's been good <laughs> yeah and so i don't know if you can like if you can clip this in but oh sure thing. i'll leave yeah i can clip it in yeah yeah okay so another thing that i want to mention is we do have lots of experts we do have lots of resources to reach out to so you're not on your own and i work for vitae foundation they are free a free resource to pregnancy centers you know we don't charge yes. anything we want to help you and so if you have questions about your name or your branding or how to market like that's literally what we're here for we're here to help in that regard and one of the ways we're going to help with that is introducing the Vitae Vault. So that has lots of free content on um, different best practices, what our research has shown, trainings, 
um, even some like social media graphics that you can literally just like pull over, you know, copy paste. If you have so someone who is new to social media or, you know, they're not sure what needs to be on your page, we're going to have some stuff available. So all of that is just to help. So no cost to anyone. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Vitae, you guys are a unique group. You're you're fundraising so that you can provide free services to clinic and help them with their marketing. And that's just a that's just such a like a, it feels like a picture of Jesus, where you're essentially doing the work, you're going the extra mile by fundraising and then doing the mile of helping the clinic with their marketing. Like that's just that's a sweet, sweet thing. Yeah, it's pretty wonderful. I I have to say I feel really, really blessed to be where I'm at. I was um, 11 years old the first time I got introduced to Vitae, and it was at a fundraising event. I think my mom, like, I think my babysitter canceled or something. I don't know. But for some <laughs> reason, my mom brought me along to this event, and that was, like, my first introduction into the pro-life movement, which I don't think I would be here if it weren't for that. Aw. <laughs> so, well, yeah, God's, God's got fingerprints on how, probably, you probably can explore how his fingerprints run, how you were there that night then. <laughs> I know, it's so amazing. <laughs> awesome. All right, Allison. Well, I think I'm going to, I'll include this last bit and um, and then, yeah, I might just put it after the end music piece. Uh, it, fit, it sort of fl flows in naturally. Okay. And yeah. it'll be good. Awesome. Perfect. Well, hey, Thank have a great you. day. I will look forward to seeing you at some future conference, I'm sure. Or we'll, we'll, yeah, yeah, I'll try to talk to you. Will you be at Heartbeat? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, end of March. Okay. I'll be there. Are you going to be not, there as well? Oh, okay. No. I'll probably see your colleagues then. We have we have four people going. I won't be there, but but we do have people going. So. Which, which, and you're out of Missouri, is that right? Yeah. I'll probably see you at the Alliance for Life Missouri then, I would expect. Or maybe, do you, do you ever go to that one? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'll well, see you. It's not in October-ish, right? So, yeah. Anyways. I was gonna say that's a long way. <laughs> see you in October. <laughs> we'll see ya. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Have a great day. Nice talking Thank to you. Thank you so much. All bye. right. Bye bye. Shepherd, I shall not be in want. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green. He leads me by quiet Oh, no.